What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. You know, I made a bugaboo yesterday on the show, I think during one of the ad reads, where I said that my crossover episode with Locked on host... Uh, Locked on Twins host, my apologies, my friend Nash Walker, was going to be on Thursday. It's going to be today, and it's not going to be two parts. It's going to be one. I was all over the place today, and thankfully Nash came in at the very end. We were able to record what was a really fun podcast. He led this thing. We talked about our predictions for the Tigers and for the Twins. I love getting that other perspective. He does such a great job. I promise I am going to come on here tomorrow, and I am going to talk about how Spencer Turnbull looks. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Willie Castro and try to navigate my way through this Akil Badu situation because I really really am like very curious about this at this point because I think this is going to be a developing story that might divide a lot of fans and listening back to yesterday's show it reminded me of the fact that even I'm not completely sure how I feel about that so we're going to discuss all that over the next couple days but I want you all to sit back relax and enjoy this really fun interview that I did with my friend Nash Walker of Lockdown Twins for Division Day here on Lockdown Tigers. And welcome to an American League Central crossover episode. It's Chris Castellani with Locked On Tigers. I'm Nash Walker with Locked On Twins. We're here together today. I think the last time Chris and I checked in was, uh, I don't know, maybe before the pandemic? or It, it was. I was it just was. thinking that. Yeah. So uh, a little bit's changed in, in, in the world. I don't know <laughs> if you heard about it, but just you a took few. my joke. I always say that. I'm always like, not much has changed since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're back today. And we're looking forward to a really fun season, Chris. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AL Central is going to be fun. And I think uh, for a Tigers club that is looking for some breakouts, it's going to be exciting to watch, especially with a new manager on board. I do want to ask you, uh, AJ Hinch, I know you were a proponent of this, and I was for them too. Yeah. I thought he made a lot of sense for the White Sox. Uh, but what did you think initially? Well, I'll say, I'll say first off, he would – and I, I, will, I will live – stand by this statement forever – I think he would have walked to the south side of Chicago. I think if we're looking at recent managerial hires, the the White Sox coming off the year they just had with the lineup they have is probably one of the most appealing of the last decade. And uh, Reinsdorf's insistence that they bring in Larusa and kind of you know tied Rick 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 Hans hands behind his back there, mm-hmm. um, I ended up kind of screwing things up. And then Hinch fell into the Tigers' lap. No, I'm I'm a huge fan of the hire. You know, and I I get completely the the frustration coming off of other people regarding the Astros stuff. And I think Hinch did a great job in his introductory press conference, owning up to that and saying, look, uh, those will always be my stories. And I know I got something to prove here, but uh, none of that stuff has to do with the Detroit Tigers and and whatever arguments people have about how, uh, how serious the, the punishment should have been. uh, That's all the water under the bridge. You, You can't, you can't not hire a guy because you think maybe the punishment should have been harsher. He was available. He was a guy who had a lot of success in Houston. He was a guy who I think has kind of that perfect balance between analytically minded, but also uh, the, the ability to go with his gut on occasion. And and I think that it's, it was the best hire for a team that desperately needed kind of uh, uh, that spark. And and we'll talk here in a second about uh, the free agency and what they did or didn't do. But the one thing I think almost universally that the fan base can agree upon is that not only did it was the managerial hire solid, but he put together a good staff around him as well. And I'm really excited about that going forward. Yeah. AJ Hinch, I thought was a great hire for them too. You're right. He fell into their lap a little bit. And I think i really thought it would be core Hinch to, to Chicago and ended up Hinch stayed in the AL central. I expected Chris in a way 
for the Tigers, and I think you were hoping for this, of course, uh, a bigger offseason yeah. in that maybe a bigger offseason than they've had in the last couple of years. You know, the, I think it would have made a lot of sense if they could have reeled in someone like JT Romuto, who I know you were mentioning yeah. in the offseason. Were you underwhelmed, overwhelmed, or did, were, is this exactly what you expected? Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say straight up front, I, I was underwhelmed. I, I felt like, to be honest, I feel like they lied to the fr- to the fan base a little bit here. I, I think that there was, it was insinuated by Avila on multiple occasions, Al Avila for the people, mm-hmm. the, the layman out there, the, the G- GM for the Tigers, uh, that uh, after 2020, things would be different. And it wasn't really. Now, you know, of course, ideally as a fan base, we would have wanted to see him go for bigger targets, right? And I was a huge proponent of Riamuto because you look at the five to 10 worst hitters in baseball over the last three, four seasons, and there several of the Tigers catchers will show up on that list. I mean, that's how, you know, really in, in a bit of a twins connection here, since they traded for now former twin and tiger Alex Avila, there has not been a team that has had a worse string of offensive catchers. So I felt like the reimage made a lot of sense, but I, there is part of me that gets, okay. They still feel like they're a year away. They still want to see some of the prospects come up and flourish a little bit. I understand that, but I also think that there is a middle ground there. And I think there's a team in the AL central and, and you talked to Ryland last week that to me did a much better job of doing what the Tigers should have done. And that's the, the Kansas city Royals who in terms of budget are not even in the same ballpark it, it, compared to what the Tigers have and, and the kind of money that Chris Illich has. And yet uh, they went out and they got Carlos Santana and they got Mike Miner and they got Andrew Benintendi. And some of those are, are high risk, high reward guys. Benintendi had, had really slumped over the last couple of years. Mike Miner last season was not able to repeat his 2019 success, but it, they were low risk, high reward guys. Carlos Santana gets on base a ton. Somebody uh, that I think the Tigers could have absolutely used. That was more the kind of off season that I would have liked to have seen the Tigers have. You get some guys who fill some voids. Uh, I think there is a middle ground between going out and spending the way the Dodgers do or the way the Mets did this off season and, and doing the kind of bargain bin deals that the Tigers have had. Not to say that every deal has been awful. I, I think in general, they went out, they got Wilson Ramos, who will be a substantial upgrade at catcher. They got Robbie Grossman, who is a, is a high on base percentage outfielder, but we're about to be into year five of this rebuild, which started in 2017. And Robbie Grossman is the first multi-year signing that they've had since the off season of 2015, when they signed Upton Zimmerman and, and Mike Pelfrey and, and that deal for, for Robbie Grossman was only a two year deal. So I think there's a lot of general frustration uh, within the fan base right now. When you look at uh, kind of the lack of, of, of conviction coming mm-hmm. off of, of this front office, because as people have stated, and it's true, when you bottom out the way this team did in 2019, you don't get it back all in one offseason. And I think your twins are a prime example of that. Whereas, like, I think last season, last offseason, they really went for the kill. But it had been kind of a slowly right. uh, evolving process. And you haven't gotten that from the Tigers so far. It's still kind of the same generic signings that we've seen over the last several seasons. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I did watch them. I was, like, in the back of my mind waiting for the Tigers to do something. And they brought back Jonathan Scope, which I thought was great. Right, Robbie Grossman makes them better. I think on a team like the Tigers, and I think what you're trying to say as well is you have so many spots where just a simple bargain basement upgrade would make them better. You know what I mean? Like that makes yeah. you sometimes a handful of wins better because the guy he's replacing is is replacement level, right? And I think that's right. when you're in that in that window as well when there are some holes on the roster. But let's let's go positive, Chris. 
Yeah. I know they didn't have a 90th percentile off season, but what is a 90th percentile regular season and maybe postseason look like for Detroit? I mean, if we're talking everything going right, I would say a ceiling would be sneaking into that second wild card spot. And, and what and happens? I mean, what's that? What happens with the team to get to that point? Uh, what would happen is that I think most of it would revolve around the pitching staff. Cause I think, I think in general, the, the number on the back of a lot of these guys, baseball cards, or I guess in, in nowadays on, on the a baseball reference page is going to be what a lot of these guys are going to end up doing. Like I, Jonathan scope, good player. I think he's going to have the same kind of consistency that he had in Minnesota and that he had last year with the Tigers. Same with Robbie Grossman. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is going to be another 750 something OPS uh, kind of player with, with the injuries that he's had. I think what will have to happen is that you're going to need to see Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal take that kind of Verlander 2006, Falmer in 2016 rookie leap. And I look, they have the stuff to do it. They have the capability of doing it. I think in general, this organization has been a little bit spoiled when you look at what Verlander did, what Michael Falmer did, and what Porcello did in 2009. Those are rare examples. And I think to, to make a twins analogy, prime example, look at what Jose Barrios did when he first got called up, you know, in 2016, when he was just getting pounded by every time out, I think he had like an eight something ERA that season might've even been higher. And yet he came back the next year. Uh, he came close to making an all-star team. He was, he's been quite good for them over the last several years. We're going to see, we're going to need to see that kind of breakout from them. We're going to see Matt Boyd. We're going to have to see Matt Boyd revert back to a 2019 form, but first half of 2019 form, exactly. the, the pitcher that they held on to for, uh, reasons at the, at the trade deadline, believing that he was about to break out. He's going to have to find his slider again last season. And I've never heard a bad word professionally about Matt Boyd as, as a person, but last season he was one of the worst every fifth day starters in, in baseball. I mean, he here's, here's a stat for you. No pitcher in baseball ever in three different starts has given up back-to-back home runs to start a game. Matt Boyd did it last year. He was the first pitcher to ever do it, and he did it in a 60-game season, man. He did so it against that, the Twins at Target Field. I remember. It, yeah, well, that was – I think that was one of them, and I think he got, did it against the White Sox uh, another time. I, I mean – or two other times. I mean, that is that is absolutely brutal, and that's a sign of a pitcher. I think there was a mental block there in, in sign of a pitcher who wasn't pitching with a ton of confidence. And another guy that a lot of people believe can be – uh, you know, my friend Scott Bentley, who's a big Tigers fan, believe can be a top 20 pitcher in baseball, Spencer Turnbull. I mean, there's some people within the organization who believe that he has the best stuff in, in the organization. I, I push back against that, but when he's throwing strikes, he has a stuff. The problem is that's only about 50% of the time. So you're going to need to see all four of the guys I just named be top 30, 40 pitchers in the game of baseball. And you're going to need to see a bullpen that took some solid steps forward a year ago really come into their own again. So the success of Brian Garcia that we saw last year is going to have to carry over. The live arm of Gregory Soto that we saw last year is going to have to carry over. Daniel Norris as a long relief role is going to have to carry over. If that happens and the offense is just you know a, a league average or even slightly below league average, then we're, we could be talking about an 85-win team that maybe sneaks into the uh, a second wild card spot. That would be uh, an people, unbelievable story. It'd be an <laughs> unbelievable story. I mean, you have to just lock up A.J. Hinch for manager of the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at that point, totally. But, I mean, it's not – and that's the thing you're trying to say is Mize and Scooball, and I like Turnbull a lot, and even Matthew Boyd. We had Twins fans 
at the deadline in 2019 making these wild trade proposals for Matt Boyd. Like yeah. it, it wasn't that long ago. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's not a crazy thing that they could have a top five rotation of baseball, not too far in the future. I would, that's say, the goal. I mean, that this whole thing is built around that is built yeah. around the idea that they're going to have this rock solid rotation going forward over the next several years. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the next best tasting protein bar. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And that's what I've said, and I wrote that when I was I made a little power rankings thing uh, last week at TwinsDaily.com. I wrote, they're going to sink or swim with the, with those arms, I feel like. Yeah. You know, and, and those are going to be... Uh, that, that's going to determine how far they go in this and in, in 2021 and in the future, I would say for the twins in 90th percentile outcome, I think everyone stays healthy. I think Buxton plays 130, 140 games. Donaldson plays 130, 140 games. Nelly Cruz is Nelly Cruz for the last two years, even if he does take a, a slight step back or even a full step back. But I think it does start with health for them. Uh, the rotation stays healthy. Maeda was who we saw in 2020. Uh, Barrios takes another step forward and and we all feel I, I think that he has more in the tank you know I think yeah. people believe that that Barrios already on all on an all-star level and struggled in the first half of this 60 game season but feel like he can take the next step you know he has that work ethic and he has the stuff to do it um, I also think that would come with on the south side Tony La Russa and the White Sox just not not doing it you know and just not uh, coming together, not meshing. Maybe they have a couple injuries that knock them down and the twins kind of feast on that on the season series with the white Sox. And I think you'd see them just make separations in the middle of the season and at the trade deadline and moving forward. And I think that would have to be part of this 90th percentile equation. Cause the twins could go out there and win 95 games this year and the white Sox can win 98 and you're disappointed you get, <laughs> you get in the yeah. wild card game and, uh, you know, you're two-time defending champ and you lose to, to the White Sox. It, it, it's not a good scenario, even if they do win 95 games. So I think a part of that equation has to be baked into the White Sox um, not living up to what people are expecting of them this year and potentially having those those locker room issues or just meshing issues with La Russa, I think would be part of that. Uh, Chris, for the Tigers, what's your 50th percentile outcome for them? What do you see realistically for them this year? realistically, I think we're talking about a team that takes another small step forward, but is somewhere in that 70 to 75 win range. I, I do. I believe in Hinch a lot. I believe in the coaching staff that they've assembled. And it was, it's one of those things where I, I don't, I never had any issue necessarily with Ron garden higher. I knew why he was there, but the one thing I think that they have been held back by over the last several years has been a very archaic pitching philosophy. And I think it's hurt some of these young guys. You saw even Mize last year 
in the limited amount of action that he saw uh, struggling with, with his command, struggling to throw strikes, which is something he never struggled with. And you saw the kind of uh, pitching philosophy that they had down in the minor leagues and double a, especially Mike Rebello as, as their manager there, he seemed to flourish. And so I, I think, even even if things go sideways a little bit, I do believe that we're going to see some steps forward by some of these young pitchers. I think Scooball did show a fair amount of promise. ERA maybe didn't reflect it, but he had a terrible first outing and he had one really awful outing against St. Louis. Other than that, he was pretty solid. I mean, uh, Twins for, fans saw Scooball eat him up. I mean, yeah, I, that was his, guys, that was his, that, that was know. the first outing where I'm like, all right, this guy's got it. I mean, yeah. the, the stuff is there going up against a good lineup, and so I think that we're offensively. You know, there's not a lot of guys in this offense exactly with with high ceilings, uh, so to speak. But I I think that a lot of it will revolve around the pitching staff. And if we're if we're looking at honestly, and you know, I think I think personally that in this stage of the rebuild, it's not uh, unfair to ask for better. But considering the 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 team and the roster that they have assembled for this year, I think about a 50th percentile finish would be. Uh, you know, around, yeah, like I said, around that 70 to 75 win range. I think for the twins 50th percentile, I think they they're hovering around 90 wins. I think their OU is uh 89 and a half. Mm. So I would actually, I think that their 50th percentile outcome. And I, I think, um, you know, coming off of 2019 when they won 101 and so many things went right for them. And it was just this magical season. I think expecting them to win 90, 93 games this year is, is about right. I think realistically, you're not going to get 130 games, 140 games from Byron Buxton. Uh, Donaldson's going to need to rest. If he even stays healthy is going to need to rest. You know, I think um, the rotation while solid, and I think twins fans feel good about the rotation you, they are lacking, you know, maybe another upside arm, right? I think if they just were to go throughout this season and and play it the way it is, I think, you know, there'll be a solid rotation, but they might be lacking one more of those of those top end arms. I think 50th percentile also includes the White Sox being really close, uh, you know, whether that be above them or below them or right on par with them. I think a lot of people expect this race to be close. I think they're, the White Sox are the the popular pick and uh betting sites bet on our partner at betonline.ag i think has them at 90 90 and a half wins and the twins at 89 and a half so 50th percentile is that this race is super close chris and that it's fun down to the wire um and that the twins get some breakout performances but then they also have some guys who take steps back or don't bounce back from that shortened season and mitch garver or jorge polanco or miguel sano um and then also guys who who come up and play really well like alex kirloff or trevor larnick or yuan duran and you know, I think that's the 50th percentile outcome is right around that 90, 93 and, and in a dead heat with the White Sox for a lot of the summer. Mm. Now we got to get negative. We got to get uh, down low on our squads here. What would happen for the Tigers if they had a 10th percentile outcome? Is that 2019 where they won 47 games? Is that their 10th percentile outcome? I can't go that bad because <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I mean, that's not saying much, right? I would contend in that the 2019 offense was uh, quite possibly the worst of the last 25 years. I, I mean, I think that you're saying uh, all 30 teams. What's that? You said like all of that's among all 30 MLB teams. One of the yes. worst. No, not, not, ju- not just the Tigers. I, 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 I truly believe that. I think that um, in the age of the, the, uh, you know, the juiced baseball, Mm-hmm. And I always use this stat. I've used it a million times on Lockdown Tigers, but I'll use it again. Your twins that season had eight guys with 20 home runs or more. Now I understand that is that was a record-breaking season, but the 
the Tigers leader had 15. Uh, once you trade Nick Castellanos off that team, there was not a single guy, I believe, that had a positive uh, that could have qualified qualified for a batting title and had a positive OPS uh, plus or an OPS plus above 100. So I, I can't see him being that bad. I think the the 10th percentile would be that 100 to 105 loss um, mark. And, and I think in order for that to happen, we're going to have to see um, Miguel Cabrera be, I mean, but bottoming out essentially, meaning like not healthy at all, um, no power completely gone, not even – Sorry, not even selling out for power. You're going to have to have Matt Boyd pitching the way he pitched last year, but even more so the young guys that we're kind of looking at to maybe not break out, but take steps forward like Scooball, Mize, Turnbull uh, will have to either make lateral moves or go backwards. And if that happens, uh, then yeah, we could be looking at uh, another uh, last place finish this season or another 100 loss season for this team. I think last year, they graded out. They were they were on pace by the end of the season for what would have been about ninety eight losses. And I think that probably would have stuck. They may have snuck over a hundred, but I think this year I look at the assembly assembling of the roster. I think there's a slight improvement there, uh, and I'm mostly based on the fact that I do think some of the young guys will come into their own a little bit. But other than that, yeah, I think if if everything goes sideways, then we're looking at probably around you know that hundred hundred and five loss mark. I think for the twins, uh, a strength that they have, and uh, you know, I think when you look at their weaknesses, like when I'm talking about even their 90th percentile outcome for a team like the White Sox, the 90th percentile outcome might be like over a hundred wins. I don't know if the twins have that ceiling just because they don't have like that reliable six, seven win player. And it seems like the White Sox have a bunch of them, but the difference here is the White Sox 10th percentile in my estimation, given the depth on the roster is a lot lower than the Twins' 10th percentile. I think the team and the way that it's constructed where Luis Arise is your 10th man and they picked up Andrelton Simmons to play shortstop and they're adding depth from the minor league system, I think they have a solid base here where even if Byron Buxton was hurt for a majority of the year or Josh Donaldson was hurt for a majority of the year, you move Max Kepler over to center and you move uh, Trevor Larnick, one of their top prospects, into right. And you feel like that's not as big of a drop-off. And if Donaldson misses time at third, Luis Arise plays third for him. And it is a drop-off for sure, given the, the upside of those two players. But I think the upside of the team revolves around those two. And I think even if they miss time and, and guys don't bounce back, I mean, you saw it in 2020. The offense wasn't good for the Twins. And I think it was not it wasn't talked about enough of the twins being like a bottom five offense in the American league. They were frustrating to watch, especially when your bar is set so high, you're anchored in this lineup. Like you mentioned, eight guys with 20 home runs. Then they come back for the 60 game season. They struggled for a lot of it, especially against left-handed pitching like Scooball. So they struggled and they still found a way, you know, they still found a way to get in. They still found a way to, I mean, the white Sox kind of shot themselves in the foot at the end, but at least be in the race, given how poor their offense played for a majority of the season and missing guys. And, you know, Donaldson missed over half the year and and guys were hurt and took steps back and they still found a way. And that kind of speaks to the depth and, and just the floor. So I think actually their 10th percentile is still a 500 and above team. Um, but that's also, again, baked in. That's the White Sox reaching their 60th, 70th, 80th percentile and just kind of leaving the Twins in the dust around 85 wins. And I could see that happening. That's a potential possibility here. That's why it's fun to talk about these percentiles. Um, let's talk about prospects, Chris. Tigers have some really fun ones. They drafted a huge bat last year. Yeah, Actually, the two biggest bats in the first round 
you know, by, by scouting reports were Spencer Torkelson, who was far and away the best hitter in the draft who the Tigers took. And then Aaron Sabato, who the twins took, I think at 26 in the first round, twins fans are really excited about him. Tell me about Torkelson. And then if it is him or if it's not, tell me about a prospect to watch this year. Well, I mean, the, the two big ones in terms of position players are Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green. Now, Torkelson has an obscene amount of hype, and it's understandable. I mean, this is not hype that's manufactured by the fan base. This is hype manufactured by scouts and the media. I mean, I think Jim Callis said that this guy is the best pure hitter, pure draft prospect in terms of hitting uh, of the last 20, or last 20 years, I believe he said. I mean, that's, that's uh, the highest of praise. It is also fair because he's struggled in spring training so far. It's also fair to say that he's a little bit behind the eight ball. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was setting the world on fire in uh, college, was off for three months, drafted. Then all of a sudden, the first action he sees is against major league talent in summer camp. The summer, And then, of course, the taxi squad stuff last year is the biggest mystery box of all time. We don't know if he batted 900 or 100 down there. And he's off to a rough start in spring training. But I think in general, everyone's looking for what he does over at third base. They drafted him as a third baseman, trying to put him in that premium uh, defensive position. I think he's going to be a wonderful player. I like his mental makeup a lot. But I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I think that Torkelson, uh, because of the, some of the question marks, maybe defensively, I think Riley Green has the highest ceiling of anybody in this organization. I mean, he was drafted fifth overall in 2019. There were a lot of concerns, or not not even concerns, but like I said, question marks about a guy who was fresh out of high school. A lot of people believe that at some point he would either, he would maybe move to being first base or to being a DH. People seem to like uh, his ability to play some of the corner outfield positions. He's very young. He's ascended up the ranks. Uh, everyone's been really impressed with him. I've been really, really impressed with him because college or I'm sorry, guys you draft out of high school are uh, high ceiling guys with low floors. You never really know how these guys are going to develop. You draft high school players mainly based on upside. And it seems like he's exceeded expectations so far, but what I want to focus in on, because I think uh, the two guys I just talked about as much as I'd like to see it, uh, will not make the team out of spring training. Uh, I think that's kind of set in stone but one guy who's really so far in spring setting the world on fire has been Willie Castro now he was acquired in 2018 when the Tigers traded Leonis Martin to the Indians and they acquired uh, Willie Castro's uh, shortstop prospect and last year in small sample size put up a 940 OPS now you look at the baseball savant page it's not pretty there was a lot of seeing singles. The hard hit rate was not particularly high. Barrel rate, not particularly high. But I've, I, and I've, I've pointed all that out, but I've also said, you know what? You got a rookie who plays 40-something games or 30-something games, and he puts up a 940 OPS. That's something you can try to work with. And so far in spring training, he's been easily their best hitter with the struggles of Nico Goodrum. But in, not even that. I think A.J. Hinch is really um, big on utility players. And because of that, I don't think he's going to want to start Nico Goodrum at shortstop on opening day, meaning that it's kind of Willie Castro's job for the taking. I feel like And that's a guy who uh, was not some highly touted prospect was acquired for a you know, solid player in Leonis Martin at, at the deadline. And one thing this organization has not had a lot of is good fortune over the last several years. Now I contend you kind of make your own luck in baseball. They've made a lot of dumb moves, but uh, the analogy I always use is that people say that Theo Epstein is the biggest genius of geniuses. That is true, but I can guarantee you as smart as he is, there's no way that he thought when he traded Scott Feldman for Pedro Strope and Jake Arietta that Arietta for a calendar year was going to be the greatest pitcher of all time. And Pedro Strope was going to pitch 70 games a year for the Cubs, but 
you know, you, you luck out and you reap the, the benefits of something like that. The Tigers have, have not had a surprise hit on a trade yet. And, and I think Willie Castro right now is potentially the one that a lot of people are honing in on as being maybe the guy who kind of, it, it, who kind of breaks that mold and, and breaks out. This team has not really, this team has not had an established above average hitting shortstop since Johnny Peralta. I mean, we're talking 2013 now. Uh, Jose Iglesias had some solid years, right? But he was never, uh, Jose Iglesias was a 680 OPS guy who played the field well. It's been a long time since they've had a power bat in that position. And I think there's a lot of excitement coming out of Tigers camp that maybe he's the guy. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked On Fantasy Baseball, it's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cohen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw a tweet about him today. I just looked at his uh, spring trading stats. He is lighting it up. Um, yeah. You remind me of uh, Austin Jackson, who I used to really like, played center field for the Tigers. Did he not? Let's say that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said Austin Jackson was one of my favorite players to watch. Austin Jackson and, um, you know, who else did they have on? I'm trying to think of like the early days of Target Field because I love. Oh, when- it was, well, they had they had Austin Jackson. They had, well, they had Tory Hunter for a few yeah, years. Tory, I remember those those first days at Target Field, and you bring up like those old Tigers teams. I just like envision being there and watching Austin Jackson in center field. Yeah, Brennan uh, Bosch was there for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Brennan Bosch. Yeah, yeah, just awesome. Yeah, I think for the Twins, uh, the number one prospect you got to watch this year for sure is Alex Kirilov, uh, yeah. the top hitting prospect. I'm going to slot right in in the left field early, whether that be opening day. That's the biggest question at camp, I think, thus far, is whether Alex Kirilov's going to break the opening day roster. And the Twins say we want to win, um, you know, and, and given that the CBA is going to be negotiated in, in the winter, who knows even if service time games are going to be played anymore after that point or even if this will matter. But we'll see if Alex Kirilov makes the opening day roster. Just a pure left-handed hitter, I would compare him a lot in recent years to Kyle Tucker. Uh, in Houston, just solid middle of the order, left-handed bat. He's got an all-star ceiling, I would say. And, you know, I think the twins really believe that he's their best left-handed hitting prospect since, since Joe, since Joe Maurer. And I know that's a a high pedestal to put Kirilov on, but this is a guy who just crushed the minor leagues in 2018 and struggled through a a wrist injury in 2019, but a big left-handed middle of the order, going to slot right in there for Eddie Rosario. I think people are really excited about him because they feel like he'll get on base more than Eddie and and he'll just be a better pure hitter and play better defense. And I think the twins believe that as well. It was, it was a no brainer to non-tender Rosario when you have a guy like Kirilov and you have Trevor Larnick right behind him who gets overlooked to start Oregon state on that championship team gets drafted by the twins in 2018 um, and was earned 2019. Excuse me. It's just fantastic in 2019, one minor league hitter of the year for the twins. They have so many corner outfield bats that these guys get forgotten about. 
you know, you already have Kepler and, and Kirilov and uh, you had Rosario for so long and, and Larnick's there and Buxton's out there and Jake Cave's a solid player. It's There's a lot of guys out there to choose from, but I think Kirilov and Larnick are special. And then on the pitching side, Yohan Duran is a guy I just love and I see him as their top pitching prospect. Upper upper 90s, you know, triple digits fastball, throws a splinker. I think he's going to get righties and lefties out with it. I'm excited about him. Jordan Balazovic is another starting pitching prospect. Doesn't throw as hard, but some see him as the top um, prospect in the system on the mound. And, you know, I could see that as well. So they got guys coming up that I think you're going to see in 2021 and that I'm excited to see, but I think it it does start and end there with Kirilov and then um, right behind him is Larnick. Chris, Victor Reyes is a guy who always kills the twins. Yeah. Uh, Mentioned Willie Castro. Jonathan Scope's back. Casey Mize is in the rotation. This is a tough choice, but who's your pick for MVP for the 2021 Tigers? Whew, man, that is a good question here. I, I hmm. you know, I'm going to go with scope again. I, I, I there was okay. something about that, that signing. I really liked when it happened the first time around. And I think that he's the, he's the easiest choice in my opinion, because I think that he, outside of a a pretty abysmal 2018 season in a contract year, you look at the numbers he's put up, you know, outside of his, his rookie season, he's been pretty darn consistent. I mean, since 2014 has the most home runs of any second baseman in baseball, which was a statistic that shocked me. I would have guessed Cano. I would have guessed LeMayhew. I would have guessed Altuve, but no, it's, it's scope. You know, it doesn't, doesn't draw a ton of walks, which has always kind of been his detriment, but I think that you look at some of the signings, I think the possibility of like Robbie Grossman really coming back down to earth is, is higher than the possibility of Jonathan scope flaming out because Jonathan scope's been around for a while, but I don't believe he's even 30 yet. I think he was a guy who suffered mightily from having like a bad year in a contract season in 2018 when he got shipped to Milwaukee and wasn't even starting uh, playoff games uh, that year when the Brewers went to the NLCS, but he's bounced back with two really good seasons, had a bit of a wrist injury last year. I've liked him a lot as a defender as well Was a gold glove finalist oh, yeah. he's great. A, se- a season ago. So I- I'm, I'm going to go with him just because I-, I think that I-, I I'm hesitant to go with any of the pitchers. Like in an ideal world, I'd be like, yeah, man, scooball or Hey, my, but I, I don't see it from, from any of them. Um, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with him just because I think when I think consistency, he's the first guy that comes to mind when I talk about this team. Jonathan Scope was a great, great part of the 2019 Twins. And there were so many great aspects of that team, but Scopey was one of them. And, and I think everyone loved watching him play second base. I mean, he's just, his arm is tremendous. He makes all the plays there. He's a leader for your infield too, I think. And that's sometimes yeah. harder to find from a second baseman. But he's a leader of the infield. And even when Luis Arise came up for the Twins and was hitting everything, I think people did miss Scopey's defense at second. And as you mentioned, he's just going to be a big power bat in the middle of your lineup from the right side. And, um, you know, he's a great teammate, too. And I think he's a great guy to have there. So I was glad they brought him back. I, I actually was like, oh, because the Twins got to play him. You know, he's he had a good year last year and right. um, he's a good hitter. But He's just a good guy to have around, you know, have a, have around guys like Castro and, and, you know, Torkelson and the guys coming up a, a veteran who you mentioned is crazy that he's not even 30. I can't believe that he's Man, seems, been around the block. Like he's, yeah, he seems like he's in his thirties, but uh, not 30 yet for the twins. You know, I think it's between those two I've talked about the whole time and it's Buxton and Donaldson because you just feel like if either of them, and if both of them stay healthy, I think, you know, you lean toward Donaldson because he's shown you he can do that before. And Buxton has as well, but just not over that full campaign at the plate and in center field. 
He was great in 2017, got MVP votes, but that was mostly because he played such good defense out there. And he wasn't a liability at the plate, but he was a below average hitter. Um, and I think if they both stay healthy, it leans Donaldson, you know, and I'm more confident in Donaldson being healthy in 2021. So I'm going to go with him. I think there's a lot of picks on this roster. I think you could go, you could go back to someone like Kepler who won twins daily MVP in 2019. Um, you know, you could look even at someone like Ryan Jeffers behind the plate, even if he won't play enough, uh, really exciting twins prospect as well. And I think you can go around the diamond, but the highest upside players on the roster, I think undoubtedly are Buxton and Donaldson and I'll go Donaldson because he's my favorite player and, and has been one of my favorite players forever. Um, but also just because I think his impact and and I know you you talked about this in a video last year after he came back and they played the Tigers and you said when when he's in the lineup and when he's on the field, he just makes those teams different. Yeah, and felt that last year, even if it wasn't 28 games that he played, he, they were 19 and nine in those games and they played like a 500 club without him at best. So it just feels different when he's there. And if that's not an MVP I don't know what is. I think he's he's the most valuable player on this team. But could it be Buxton? Could it be Kepler? 100% could go that way as well, um, given the history of Donaldson's calves and just you know his ability to stay healthy now that he's in his mid-30s. But I'm going to go with Josh. And, and I think what might be interesting, Chris, is let's pick a player from each other's teams as well um, to finish out here. I'm going to go with the tire. I love the scope pick. I'm going to say Miguel Cabrera comes back, is is – Showing up again in 2021, Miggy, one of my favorites, signed a ball or threw me a ball that I actually wrote on. I sent you a picture of that. Um, I'm going to take Miguel Cabrera because he's just such a legend. Yeah, I mean, look, I, as fans, we'd love to see it. I mean, for for multiple reasons. I mean, selfishly, I mean, we got three more years of that contract. So, I mean, we got to try to squeeze every ounce <laughs> of good baseball uh, they have left out of the guy. It would be, but you know what? I've heard arguments back and forth. I think in, in, in a way it is true that he has earned every cent of that contract because he is the only player on the team currently. Now, hopefully that changes over the next few years that people will come to the ballpark to still see. I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest hitters uh, who's ever lived and, and probably, yeah. you know, out, out one of, I mean, top two or three tigers of all time. I mean, I guess K line, you know, that's probably a conversation for another day in terms of who I think for the twins, you know, I, I was down on this guy for so long just because I, I always thought he was a at first and it was, you know, it was several years ago. I always thought he was a little bit overvalued when you looked at that prospect list mm -hmm. and the people that he was on that list with. But I know somewhere in Byron Buxton is I, I'm serious, like an eight or nine war season. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, like I think he is at full health, the best defensive center fielder in the sport. Um, if he can be just above league average, uh, offensively. Like, I think he could be a guy that you look at. I mean, not, not as extreme. Cause I think he's got more power than this guy, but like an Andrelton Simmons where like mm -hmm. Andrelton Simmons in terms of the eye test at the plate is just like some totally average hitter that you put like in the eight or nine spot who the twins now have, by the way, I, I didn't yeah. forgot about that. Um, <laughs> but yet you go back and you look at his baseball reference page. And you're like, Whoa, Andrelton Simmons put up a seven, five war. That's surprising and like there's you know foolish baseball did a video about how he may be he may have, end up having a hall of fame candidacy because of how well he grades out analytically so at full health uh, i would probably say him honestly but you would say simmons no, no i would say Buxton. <laughs> well hey you know what hey if simmons plays defense the way he's used to playing it who knows but i yeah i've been a huge Donaldson fan for a long time and any other player i would be hesitant to say he'll be the mvp of the team because he has had so many injuries but like 
I thought he was on the back end of his career like four different times over the last yes. several years. Like I remember in 2018, I saw him a fair amount because the, he got traded to the Indians and I saw them play against the Tigers. And I'm like, this is like, you know, this is like Willie Mays for the Mets syndrome. Yep. I mean, this guy does not look like he's he's got it anymore. And then he got completely healthy in that offseason. I don't know if his heart was ever really in it in Cleveland. I kind of mm-hmm. feel like it might not have been. Um, goes to Atlanta, has one of his best seasons. I mean, probably his second best season behind the year he won uh, the MVP. I mean, that team does not win uh, what was a really tough division that year, which included the the world champion nationals without him. And yeah, I mean, I've brought it up before. I, I love the energy that he brings. Uh, he's one of the most physically imposing hitters at the plate. I mean, he's just got that massive swing, gets the ball in the air a ton. And despite the calf injuries, has remained relatively stable defensively as well. And I think especially going forward, and I will say he'll be the MVP for them this year, but going forward, I think once Nelson Cruz is kind of out the door here, the possibility of moving Donaldson to DH exclusively becomes a possibility. And I think yep. he, it could it could elongate his career because they got him for, I believe, four more years of a five-year deal. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the bringer of rain, man. I, always, I, I will believe in him uh, until I don't anymore. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. He's my favorite player on the Twins. <laughs> Thanks yeah. so much, Chris. Uh, that was fun. Um, we'll check back in. Hopefully, we'll get that 90th percentile from the Tigers. That'd be amazing. Um, not hopefully we don't get the 10th percentile from the Twins, but they'd be on the similar right. level, you know. But, Chris, that was fun. Let's do it again soon, brother. Uh, take it easy, and and let's enjoy this season. It's going to be fun. For sure, man. Let's play the full 162 and have some fun, brother.